Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? And welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show. We are back after a one-week uh, small hiatus. Uh, we are here to talk about the game we all love, Major League Baseball, the moves of the Toronto Blue Jays, some of the things that are coming up in baseball. It's going to be a very busy week. Uh, we are here once again, as always, with the man from San Antonio, Texas, the former two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, the upcoming author. Uh, I guess you're the outdoorsman as well. Uh, yes. It, it's Mr. John Gibbons. John, how you doing? Happy uh, belated Thanksgiving. Johnny, good, good to see you, pal. No, I am doing great. But you know what? I, you keep saying from San Antonio, I might be changing that address soon. I may be moving out west, man, with the uh, Buffalo. You, ah, you're going to do, we love you're it out there. You want to live in Yellowstone? <laughs> Yellowstone. Or outside, man, they got these small little towns. and It's it's, it's unbelievable, you know, kind of getting that age, a little less stress, Yeah, you know. Uh, but then, obviously, you got home in time for Thanksgiving. It was at the traditional thanksgiving fair to you know uh, your family members tell us a little about your thanksgiving holiday oh i, I love that i think that's my favorite holiday and, and we we killed some turkey man and we had it out of my brother and my brother's house and it was my brother and his family and my mom and and uh, really really good time you know important times you know it's good to always unite them families like you know just like you did back in new york you know I, but we didn't eat pasta man but did you guys have pasta we don't eat pasta for yeah we uh there's always a and here's the thing with my sister, okay? We get we get invited out by a lifelong friend with a bunch of people we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, so we're there with about 15 people. But my sister has this thing in her because we've always had lasagna. That was kind of a tradition. You have the lasagna first, and then you eat your turkey. So we go out to eat, and my sister feels like, I cook every year. So she goes and makes another Thanksgiving dinner on Friday. She buys the turkey, the lasagna, the stuffing, and all of that. So... And then, of course, you have all the leftovers. So, I mean, for the last four days, it's been nothing but eating here in New York. And, Love it. Uh, oh, that's that's unusual. I'm telling you, I like, <laughs> I am uh, I am stuffed like a turkey right now. Uh, and uh, we were supposed to have a special guest. Uh, uh, your mom, Sally, was supposed to join us. And I guess, uh, why don't you tell us why uh, you probably pissed her off or something over Thanksgiving uh. and she decided not to make the appearance here? What happened? Well, well, first off, she's she's eighty five. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. She's got it all together still, and she it, she might rock the world here when she gets on this show. Uh, you know, she, so but anyway, she's got tr- she's got trouble hearing. She's I need to get to go get a new hearing aid, John. I can't get on there and be going what 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 what. And then yeah. plus, she was losing her voice from screaming at me all all day long on Thanksgiving. What did you do? I, no, it's what I didn't do. I think you know, you know. <laughs> hey, my mother, she what a sweetheart, but she, you know, she 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 lets you know what's going on. And last but not least, she goes. When I mentioned to her the other day, she goes, "Well, that's such short notice, you know. Maybe I, I maybe let's do it in January, and I can get my make sure I get my hair fixed." I said, oh, "Mom, no. your hair looks your hair looks like mine. Don't worry about it." So, anyway, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get her on here. Future again. appearance, a future appearance by yeah. Sally. And today's show, we're also going to take a look at those big moves the Blue Jays made, major trade, also some of the bigger free agent names Blue Jays are looking at. Uh, we're going to kind of take you inside the baseball winter meetings by talking about John's involvement with them in the past. Uh, and our Gabbing with Gibby segment uh, is going to be a huge one today, John. We bring on one of the premier young players in all of Major League Baseball, the star shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays, 
Boba Shet. Let me have, of course, uh, the Ask Gibby segment brought to you by Budweiser. The fans who ask questions that we answer here on the show will receive a gift package from Budweiser because that's what Buds do. Uh, but first, let's go to the leadoff. We got some big stuff to discuss here today. Uh, Blue Jays, first and foremost, they strengthen they strengthened their bullpen, freed up payroll, and created some space to transform their righty-dominated lineup by trading slugger Teoscar Hernandez to the San Diego uh, to Seattle Mariners for right-handed reliever Eric Swanson and a lefty prospect named Adam Mako. And uh, this was a uh, trade that did it take, take, get you by surprise with them uh, getting uh, trading Hernandez uh, for increased uh, strength in the bullpen, the back end of the bullpen? You know, Johnny, no, no. Uh, actually, yeah, I mean, it ma- makes a lot of sense. You know, Teo's, a, a, you know, he's he's close to free agency. He's making yeah, a lot of money year. now. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the amount of money these guys – going to make it a certain point in their career, you know, dictates a lot of whether they keep some guys or not. Cause there are certain guys, you know, uh, Vladdy jr. And Boba who we're talking about with today, you know, they're, they're going to come where they need to be paid. So, you know, there's certain guys that stay and certain guys that go. And, and I think it's also a good move because it really helps their bullpen, you know, uh, you know, it, that, 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 that's key. You know, you watch, look at the Houston Astros that won it all. You know, once it, when they got to their bullpen, lights out, forget it. You're yeah. not doing anything against Yes, Watson is really good. I mean, uh, he's 29 years old. He was in 57 games uh, this season. He had a 1.68 ERA. He struck oh, out yeah. 70. He only gave up three home runs. He only allowed 10 walks. And he really does solidify that back end as a really good setup guy for Romano. Yeah, and, and you know you got to keep bad. You got to keep strength in the, the bullpen because you know you, the thing about bullpens when they, when they're good and in, in like even like Romano and uh, you know in that group down there during a good year they're getting used a lot, right? Especially today's game where the starters are limited what they allow them to do. Bullpen gets really abused, right? So from year to year, you never know what to expect out of these guys because you know they, they they throw a lot of innings. They come back the next year, it may not be the same guy. So it's it's cyclical, you know. It's almost like mm-hmm. every other year is when they're really really good. Some of them, unless you're the closers, let's say. So you got to keep adding to it, you know. And, and uh, I think I think they got him a good one. Sure looks like yeah. it, but you know you got to give up some good if you're going to pick up Tay Oscar because you know yeah, Tayo. Yeah, you know I was there when they traded for him, right? And, and he uh, great kid. But you know he was—he was, he was uh, you know—you could see he had the most—he had the easiest power any player I'd ever seen in my life, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the ball would just jump off his bat. So you knew he had that potential. But he was prone to the strikeout then, and he was a liability on defense, you know. And uh, there's no doubt about it. But he worked his butt off to become pretty solid. And now I watch these highlights now. Ellie he's sliding all over the park and all that. So it's good to see it. he's one of the best individuals you'll ever meet. Uh, so I tip my hat to him. But he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to make a lot of money. Uh, that could be another reason why, obviously, entering free agency uh, at the end of uh, 2023. Uh, and he was, uh, he was due uh, uh, you know, quite a bit of money. So when, it, when you look at it this and you look at the non-tendering of Tapia, uh, those two, uh, that money combined was over $20 million. And then Swanson, the new guy, is only going to get uh, projected 1.4 million, so that kind of gives Ross Atkins 19 million more to play with. Is that it? 19. 19. That's, uh, 
million. And I mean, and now uh, the Jays outfield is sparse. There's got to be some moves. And I wanted to get your take on some of these top free agents that are now being courted, uh, rumored to be uh, having discussions with the Jays. And the one that really stood out to me over the last uh, week and a half has been Brandon Nimmo. 29-year-old center fielder for the Mets, spent his entire seven-year career with the Mets, had the best season of his career in 2022, finally was healthy, played the entire season, and uh, hit uh, 274, career-high 16 home runs, 64 RBIs, 102 runs scored, and he was the Mets' leadoff hitter, and he was spectacular in center field this year. So that one on top of the list and the money now that's being talked about for Nemo, the Mets were, uh, you know, you, you project a guy getting maybe 20 million a year over five, five years. But now you hear reports that it could be 130, 140 million dollars for a guy like Nemo. So he's probably at the top of the list of who they're going to court, whether or not he wants to play in Toronto or what the deal is. He's being courted by everybody. He's the best outfielder in the uh, in, in the entire free agent class other than Aaron Judge. And everyone knows Aaron probably go to either the Yankees or San Francisco. So uh, Nimmo is a possibility. Cody Bellinger is a possibility. Uh, you know, what a superstar he was. And then he had the shoulder injuries, soldiers, uh, the shoulder surgery, bad year, non-tendered by the Giants, uh, the, the Dodgers rather. And Michael Brantley was also brought up. And also, Michael Conforto, who hadn't played last year uh, when he rejected the Mets' qualifying offer. So he's out there looking to get back. He had a shoulder injury as well. So out of these names, John, who's a good fit for the Blue Jays? And is there a name on the list that we haven't brought up that you might see as a better fit for uh, an outfielder for the Blue Jays? Well, all right, we'll eliminate Judge, right? He's gone, no chance, yeah, right? Judges. Judge, got, got right? Uh, you know, Nemo, no, they're all good, right? You know, and Nemo's like the hottest guy, I think, right now. You know, the key there, you told me, you know, the run scored. You know, that, that guy up top of the line, yeah. got to score runs, right? And yeah. and, uh, and he's in the driver's seat, so that's why you see that that uh, value going right through the roof. You know, it's, it's, he's got the leverage. You know, he would be ideal, I think, you know, and then you might move Springer off. You know, to one of the corner spots, you know, or take Teo's place or whatever, or right. DH, you know, keep him healthy. You know, that's very important. But I tell you, one of my favorite players in the game is Michael Brantley. He's getting a little older. You know, 35, I'm, I'm, 35 years I old. Coach, yeah, his coach, his dad was one of my coaches. We're good friends. And Michael used to hang around. He was a little guy, right? Just a great hitter. Everywhere, you know, from his days in Cleveland to Houston. But he's been, he's been injury prone a little bit lately. But if you want a good hitter to stick in that lineup, and I know they're looking for some lefties. He's the best hitter of the group. There's no doubt about it. If you can keep him on yeah. the field, so I'm a little biased towards him because I he's been there, done it. But he is getting a little older. Uh, Nemo's Nemo's probably the guy, but whether you know you talk about you got X amount of money to spend, you know, is he going to exceed that? He yeah, to make yeah. Brantley moves. is uh, projected uh, for like a one year deal at maybe sixteen million dollars, where Nemo's going to command five to seven years minimum. And Scott Boris is his agent. So you know that Scott's going to get the most money for the for his client. Well, you know one thing in Toronto now it it, uh, it used it used to be you never our teams when I was there never had any Boris players because he was so hard to deal with the free you know in the in the Same prices. With the Mets. Yeah, but it, but but now with Shapiro and him, he's got a good relationship with him or a different kind of relationship. 
you know, he, that, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, bother them one bit, you know? Um, but yeah, the length of the contract does matter there in the, uh, uh, but it'd be interesting. But to, once again, you know, you hear every team's yeah. Uh, you hear this team interested in this team. Everybody's interested in this player. This player, blah, 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 right? Long list. I can tell you, halftime. That's crap. You know, that's wishful thinking. But they, I think everybody says that to, to get their fans going. Woo! But you know what? Theoretically, they, they know there's certain guys they can't get. So, you know. Yeah. And there's been uh, relatively few free agent signings. I mean, everyone's waiting for the big dominoes to fall. I think when you're looking at where's Aaron Judge going to go, where's Verlander going to go, where's Rodon going to go, or Jacob deGrom, it seems to be like everything's moving at a snail's pace. But then the winter meetings hit, which is next week, at the end of this week, rather, in San Diego. Uh, So maybe things will start to pop. I think once those big dominoes start to fall, then – uh, traditionally every year, that's when then there's a flurry of signings. You uh, you obviously being in the game for as long as you have, uh, you know, everyone hears about the winter meetings, how hectic it is and how uh, great it is uh, where everyone is together. There are trades being made and discussed and signings. How many of these did you attend? Walk us through as kind of a layman and the fans out there. What does a manager do at the baseball winter meetings? And what was your experience like at the baseball winter meetings in your career? Gosh, John, John I, I loved it. It's, it's a good time. Uh, heck, I went to 10 of them as a manager, and I went to a couple with Kansas City as a bench coach. Uh, that just shows you Kansas City, they value the pension of, of a lot of their coaches, you know. But what, what, what we do is it's, it's a good time because all, te- all the teams are there, so you get a chance to see old friends and, you know, because – that's the way the game is now. But you, you, you show up on that first day. You know, every every team has a big suite where the general manager's room is. And in in, every day you meet in there, right, with his top scouts. I mean, it all depends. Every team's different how many guys they take. Uh, they t- Less guys go now because analytics is, you know, uh, is taking over the game there. So you don't need as many scouts or, the, you know, they don't want that kind of opinion as, as much. And so you get together every day in, uh, I can remember like we'd have it like a chalkboard and every name's on the list that, uh, that our team is interested in. And you go over and you discuss those players and the, and the GM will kind of, and his lieutenants will kind of give you an idea when we talk to his agent, blah, 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 right? Or some guy, they might say, off the board, we got no shot. That, that kind of thing. So you go over that and then, then the GM might say, okay, I'm meeting so-and-so. I can remember one time, let's say Gary. No, it might have been, uh, uh, who was it? We uh, we signed a player, and his his agent was Gary Sheffield. You know, Sheffield was done playing, so Sheffield's coming by to talk. And in, 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 uh, we're going to talk to him. He's going he's to talk about his player, and and this was also a different player. The agent will come in. The player's usually not with him. You know who it was? It was Jason Grilly. I think Sheffield was Grilly's. Really? Okay. I think yeah, it was it was awesome. But so the agent will come in. They just kind of everybody kind of sits around the room and they ask questions. It's a lot of small talk. The the G I mean the uh, agent might say hey, whoever the manager is he give us what do you how do you see this guy blah 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 and I'm thinking kind of a stupid question because if we sign him for the amount of money you're talking he's he's going to be in a pretty good position he's going to play every day blah blah you know so but it was it's kind of the but you, it's just kind of a feeling out process and then they'll leave and um, then you go back to talking about trades or what what you might be able to, or in they send the scouts out and all the the people down to the lobby throughout the whole day right. And they just get together and they talk different teams. And they even they, they'll start to drum up some 
possible trades, right? And then they'll come back and bring it to, let's say it's Anthopolis or JP or Ross. They'll bring it to them and say, all right, this team may be willing to do this. So now, okay, then the GM will call their GM. That's kind of how things start. It's kind of for such a, a billion a billion dollar industry. This is, there's some really simple things the way things are done. It's kind of it's kind of cool. But then, as far as the manager goes, they don't get long winded here. But he'll have his day set up. Up on a certain day, he's got to go do some like uh, radio interviews or promotional stuff for the team and what have you. Then uh, then you might have a, a major league baseball meeting with all the managers and the. Major League Baseball and the umpires, and they'll get the over rule changes or something like that. And then finally, on the last day, you know, they have a big lunch and all the. Every you go into this huge room, and there's 30 teams there, and the manager sits down at the table with all his media from his town. So I sit down at the table with all the people from the Star Sun, you name it, Globe and Mail. You have lunch, and then you get out of it. The, the managers take a group picture, and adios, head home, and go, whew, thank God. But it gets, it's nice for a couple of days, but then it get, does get a little old. But it's, the best part about it, it, it reunites you with a lot of old friends, you know. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a party. I, I, I've i gone to, I think, three of them. I think I ran into That's you right. in Nashville uh, when the winter meetings were there. You and That's I. That's right. And, and, you know, I was just there. and, and um, Small world. It was in Nashville, and uh, I went, and then I saw you uh, – you know, getting your coat from the coat check or whatever it was, or your car from valet. And I hadn't seen you for a while. So that was kind of cool, but I'd gotten that's hired right. by the Mets in 1981. I went to the baseball winter meetings in Dallas and that's where the Mets hired me to go to Shelby uh, was there when I met Jack Farnsworth. But my, one of my coolest memories, and this is not anything related to business, but I had gotten, the, I was so happy. I got the job with the Mets hanging out in the bar and Mosey up to the bar, and who's next to me? Billy Martin and Mickey Mantle. Oh, amazing, right? I'm like, yeah. I was blown away. And I'm there with a friend, and then it was kind of like late, so it was like last call, and Billy had had a few, looked like. <laughs> and so and so we're getting ready to walk out, and here he is. I just like said hello to him, introduced myself, and, and he puts his arm around me, and he walks out of the bar with me with Mantle on the other side, and I'm like, am I in heaven? I mean, what's going on here? Yes, you like, are. And, and then it was like I was hanging out with a friend of mine, um, uh, and we uh, had a uh, – some of the Braves executives had a suite, and we were invited up there. And who's sitting in the room? Henry Aaron having a uh, beer. Damn. And I'm like, this is baseball. This is kind of very cool. That is it. baseball. That was like, you know, Mickey Mantle, Billy Martin, Henry Aaron. Uh, and then, of course, meeting John Gibbons several years later. Boy, you're going you backwards. <laughs> But uh, yeah, cool stuff. I can't wait to talk about the winter meetings and what's going to happen. And 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 uh, we'll be covering that pretty extensively here. So we look forward to that. So that's what's going on in the leadoff. And now it's time for another Gabbing with Gibby. Let's gab. And now it's time for another Gabbing with Gibby segment. And John has done it again. Uh, this week, we welcome the starting shortstop for the Toronto Blue Jays and one of the premier infielders and premier stars in all of Major League Baseball, Mr. Bo Bichette. Bo, how you doing? I'm doing all right, guys. How you doing? Great to have uh, you. Yeah. Hey, you look good, man. You know what? <laughs> hey, I, I was mentioning to you earlier, it's unbelievable you guys – because when, when I when I talked to you about getting on the show, we, we had to line up the time because you guys are working out. I'm going, working out for crying out loud. It's not even <laughs> January yet. But that's what you guys do. At least that's what you really good ones do. Now, I mean, it's like a – do you take some time off 
after the season or uh, it's just so ingrained you're such a habit now and it's so you know it's it's so productive what you, you're how you're playing you just pick it up right there's really no dead time is there yeah i mean no i think it's important to to pay attention to how your body feels and and how your mind feels too so uh yeah i mean you take some time off but at the same time you want to take advantage of the what the four months we have off so as soon as you feel ready then i like to get after it yeah well i can tell you you're doing something right you know i've been i was checking out your numbers you know i, I knew what they were but i was checking for for a, a young player in the game that's in, what do you get you would have been in there about a couple of years a couple two and a half years maybe i mean i've been around i've been around for four now but i would say i would say kind of full steady time yeah, yeah steady, steady time I tell you, you've got some incredible numbers uh, for a, a new player. It's just come on the scene in baseball. Usually, you know, you know, I'm talking about guys that extreme talent to go on to have great careers. You know, you know, they they, you know, they they get out, some of them get off the so-so starts, and eventually it all comes together. You from day one, everything. I mean, you you were a big time performer in this game, and that's not easy to do. You know, you. Uh, you know, you come from a baseball family and that's not, you know, that's no guarantee either. That's not easy to do either. You know, your dad was a great player and there's added pressures and things like that. But I, I don't think people necessarily realize just how good you've been at the beginning of your major league career. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think a big part of getting off the start I've gotten off to is uh, for sure. My dad, I've been just kind of taught what I'm going to go through since I was a young kid. Um uh, taught to just go out there and compete no matter how you feel and you know I'm definitely still learning there's a lot a lot more room to grow for sure on every part of the the ball base running defense hitting so uh you know I just look forward to continue to learn yeah we the uh I, I don't think there's a better hitting uh more productive offensive hit shortstop in the game of baseball I mean not even close man I was like I'm not just I'm not just a huge fan of yours I want to you know I've told I had Mano, we had Manoa on here. We had uh, Romano. I keep saying I want to be somebody's agent, you know. Um, and nobody's taking me up on it yet. You need an agent yet, brother? <laughs> I'm <laughs> ready to be I your know. agent, man. I... <laughs> no, but it's uh... it might be a pretty good one, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, Bo. I mean, didn't you uh, when you broke in? Didn't you like break Ted Williams' record for most consecutive games hitting a double and? Uh, you know, it wasn't 11, 12 consecutive games right out of the box that you just, and the last one that did that was Ted Williams in 1939. Yeah, I think it, uh, it started in my second game. It was, um, I can't remember how many games in a row it was, but it was a certain amount of games with doubles. So, uh, yeah, like for me, like I normally don't, I like to just kind of stay in the present and look forward, but that one was big for me because I I basically learned hitting from Ted Williams. I mean, that's who my my dad's hero was, the science of hitting. Um, you know, so like my dad taught me a lot based off of that. So when I start hearing my name around Ted Williams, like that was something I was like, okay, all right, I did something here. Hey, I bought that book, man. I read that book about 10 <laughs> times and I hit about a buck 80. <laughs> so hey, so there's more to it than that. But you know, I tell you, when you start when you start getting mentioned with guys like Ted Williams, you know, huh, huh Johnny? What do you, I mean, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, you know? I mean, what an accomplishment! Just breaking into the game. I mean, uh, that was a record that stood since 1939. I mean, and and Ted Williams, of course, uh, it, it just showed everybody out there, you know, that uh, you came in 
and you just made an impact and you're still making an impact to this day. It's incredible what you've accomplished in just a short period of time. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, do you remember about what what year was it? it was it might have been eighteen? Might might have been my last year. You know, we'd bring you guys over to spring training. You know, the end of spring training, play some games. I think it was eighteen. Was that your first year you came over there? Do you remember? Would have been. Uh, it would have been eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we brought you and Vladdy Vladdy Junior over. Uh, and Beige, I don't know if Beige came. Anyway, it was like a. It wasn't your typical game where you put your young guys in like the last couple innings. You know, you guys started the game. I think we were down there in Pittsburgh. You might have hit a home run that night, and and um, but I'm thinking because I knew it was my I knew it was my last year. I was on my way out there. You know, that was just kind of the we everybody knew that was coming. And I can remember sitting there going, "Damn, man, I I need to try to figure out. We better win some games this year. Maybe I can somehow hang around a little bit longer. Look at these guys that are." Getting to the big leagues, man. You know, I'm saying I'm going to miss out. You know, because you know we had had a couple good years in 15 and 16, and then we just, you know, it was it was a breakdown, overhaul the team, and rebuild, and they were kind of grooming it for all you guys, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going, hey, you know, that's going to be a special group. It might take a couple of years, which you did, but it's a good it's a good group. You know, when I when I watch you guys play, there, there's something, and I there's something special about your group. You know, you get along. I think a lot of it has to do. You know, you, a lot of you came up in the minor leagues together, so you know each other. You you won down there. But describe your team a little bit, you know, because it, it's not all teams are like that. You know, you, you know how that is. But there's something unique about this group. I think that's my that's a feel I get. Yeah, no, I mean, we definitely get along. Um, you know, when you come to the minor leagues together, you really go through the grind together. So uh, you see a lot of ups and downs from each other. Um, you know, individually as a team, also, but um personal stuff everything you know so I mean you just kind of get to know each other you you've seen the lows you've seen the highs and I think that just obviously in any relationship that makes everybody closer and uh you know we have so much work to do still um so much to learn just like I said for myself but yeah I mean I I like where we're heading and and uh you know I think that what we've gone through I mean we didn't really play together in 19 much um 20 was obviously a weird year and kind of feel like last year was our first year and then this year our second and we've continued to grow and you know I think now the the kind of days of being the young kids are over and it's time to kind of time to figure it out but uh yeah I mean I love being around those guys every day they make it they make it easy to come in the field for sure and when you're still a young kid you can't take that away I mean you got I mean you might be playing another 15 20 you don't know but 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 the it's that's what's so impressive about this group the experience level and what you guys have accomplished at a young age that's not easy to do and it's definitely not easy to do in the American League East still the toughest division in baseball I don't care whether the at the end when somebody wins a World Series they're from the East or not to get run that gauntlet for 162 games the other other divisions just, just can't compare they can't do it you know yeah no doubt about it I mean I think uh you know Boston had a down year but going into Fenway is not easy um you know all those places are tough to play and best yeah. player division I think and so yeah it's definitely definitely a grind hey John a question for you. go ahead I'm sorry uh question ahead, for you I mean because you were talking about back uh when you first got a chance to see Bo play and you were on your way out as you said and but was coming up and coming. Did you see that that it factor, that special quality, that talent when you first observed uh, Bo playing? And and Bo, I'd like to get a uh, question for you 
on uh, your first experiences with John and, you know, obviously his uh, credentials as a manager back in the day. So kind of tell us, uh, uh, you know, what that relationship was like, even though it couldn't have been that deep. It certainly exists today. So, John, you first and then, Bo, uh, uh, your opinions of John back back then. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah. You know, we brought Bo over there in that spring training. You know, you hear about when you're the manager at the big league level. I mean, you're you're in tune with what's going on with the, at the different levels. And, you know, when uh, a, cert, a, a certain player gets drafted or signed as a uh, free agent or something like that, in the, in the organization is really, really likes them really high on them and they're and playing well. They're, they're always coming around telling you how good this guy's doing. How, so I knew all about Bo, you know, and so I, I'd kind of keep an eye on him and Vladdy Jr. And all that whole group, you know, cause you're the manager and you're looking down the road a little bit too. Right. And so I'd always heard how, what a, what a good player he was, you know, he's got, you know, he's extremely talented, but everybody always would say, you know, he's got, there's, he's got something different about him, you know, and, and every every player in the major league doesn't have that. You know, there's, there's guys that are just, you know, the elite players, they, they, they have something different about them, you know? Um, and he, and he had that And a big part of it is confidence. There's no doubt about it. He's got, he's got a ton of talent, but everybody in the big league's got a talent. You know, everybody in the minor leagues has talent. You know, there's guys that throw harder in the minor leagues, never get to the big leagues. There's yeah. guys that, you know, there's something different about, big league players and great big league players. And there's a different, a lot of it's up here. A lot of it's right, right there inside. And and you can tell Bo had it just by the way he carried it, carried himself. Now he grew up around the game with his father, but that's, like I said, that's no guarantee. So he kind of knew what to expect, but still it brings added pressure too. It's not like, you know, well, my dad was a great player, so it's going to be easy for me. No, because he's carrying the weight of his father, just like Vladdy Jr. and Biggio and, and some of the other guys in the league. And that's that's never easy, but you could tell, you know, this kid's different. This kid's gonna make it. Did I realize he was gonna be this good so fast? No, I don't think I don't think anybody can tell you that and be truthful. They, but they knew eventually he was, and they knew he was good. But you know, he just he just carried himself different, and he was a pleasure. You could tell just listen to how humble he is. But crying out loud, would you start bragging about yourself a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for me with Gibby, obviously, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't that much, but. Uh, I do remember one thing pretty vividly. Vividly, um, I played. So he's the home run he's talking about was my second spring training game. The first oh. one, the first one he didn't start me. But uh, oh. that's <laughs> no. hey, that's why I got fired, man. I wasn't very smart. There it is. <laughs> no, no, I get it. Um, but no, I hit a, I capped the ball to the pitcher. Um, and obviously, I mean, I pride on myself playing hard, but of course, my first spring training game, I'm gonna run as hard as I can, no matter what I hit, you know, so I uh, hit a little cap to the pitcher and I took off, went to first base and, you know, like, I mean, I get it. It's baseball. I'm not going to hit a homer every time, but I wanted to hit a homer. And uh, so I'm coming back to the dugout and I'm, I'm kind of mad. And uh, Gibby just, he just told me, Hey man, way to run. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like, okay. I did something, you know, and it's not all about the performance and the result, you know, it's, Someone saw something, and uh, I appreciated that. Like Pete Rose, man, never Pete, Pete, the all-time hit king. He he busted his butt down there. Now let's be eight. Hey, you got to protect yourself a little bit too. I hope you're I hope you're not hitting tappers in the mound and running your hardest <laughs> time to first because you know I and and there's you know people certain people play harder than others, but you got to be smart too now. You yeah, know? <laughs> I've I've learned that you know like. You know, I I do my best to to run as hard as I can every time, and 
And, I'm teasing you. No, I know no, you no. do. I mean, yeah, I do it, but like playing 159 games two years in a row, it's like at the end of it, you know, it's there's sometimes you can pace yourself a little bit for sure. Hey, you hey, that's another I got that's that brings up a good point, right? You played 152 and there's 160. It used to be a badge of honor. I mean, you, you can ask your dad to play try to play 162 games, right? Very few did it. I mean, things come up, the nagging injuries or whatever. But but I don't understand nowadays, you know, some teams give like scheduled days off and, and things like that. And I get it, the body body needs that. But I used to have a deal like with, uh, you know, some of the, especially the veteran players or, you know, you're younger, you don't need the days off, you don't want days off, and people are coming to watch you play. But even with the older veteran players, let's say, hey, listen, if you're banged up, you need a, you need a break, stick your head in the office and, hey, tell hey, I could use a day or something like that. Or the trainers would come to you. But now it's like teams like scheduling, I'm going, well, this guy may be on a roll, man. He may be on like a hidden streak. You give him a day off because you screw up his streak, man. He starts thinking about it. He loses that mojo, whatever it is. It's like, I don't understand it, you know? And, uh, but you, obviously they leave you off that chart because you play 159 and, 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 uh, you score runs, you hit doubles over, you know, it's, uh, so the, what, what's the deal, man? They overlooking you not giving you days off or what? Yeah, I just haven't given them a chance. Uh, ah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like that's just how I was raised. And, um, I think it still is a badge of honor. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important. I, I always looked at it like, man, I could I'm struggling right now. I could take a day off or I could just grind through it and probably learn something. So uh, that's how I look at it is the more games I play. Someone told me in the minor leagues, actually a teammate, um, Max Pentecost, actually. Oh. Uh, yeah, he I was it was my first time playing every day in double A. And he and I was like, man, I need a day. I was struggling. And he was like, no, nah, you don't need a day. The more at bats you get, the quicker you get out of it. And I was like, you know what? Like that is that is so true. I'm take that to heart, and I've always taken that since. Hey, well, Max, man, Max had the injury bug. Remember? Yeah, the guy could hit. Poor man. guy, good, good, good rake. So yeah. it was easy for him to say, "Hey, dude, don't take a day off, man. I've been <laughs> I've been getting all these damn days off because I'm trying to yeah. get on the field." But you're right. There's it's a mindset, and you can you know you can you can gear yourself up for that. Plus, mm -hmm. Bo, when you're an elite player, fans pay to actually come watch you play. They come on, they Vladdy, the star players that if, when I'm a kid, I tell my dad, if he would take me to a game, I said, I want to go watch, you know, I, was, I lived down in Houston, you know, I like what Joe Morgan was playing, you know, and some of those guys, Jimmy Wynn, that's who I want to go see. And that's what mm -hmm. they do. So you kind of owe it to them a little bit, but you got to be smart as well. Yeah. I mean, but you know, you're either injured or you're hurt. There's difference. Right. So uh, I don't know. I look at it. Like if I can go out there, I can play, I can do it. No matter if I'm struggling or not, I'll go out there and, you know, if you believe in yourself, you believe that you got a chance to help the team win that day, no matter what. If it's could be one for five with two RBIs and the the baseball world might look at it like it's a bad day, but driving two runs and and help the team win, you know, that's what it's about. Exactly, damn man. Yeah, you, hey, your dad, man, your dad got to you, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, Bo, were you named after Bo Jackson and Joe Girardi? I was. Uh, yeah, middle name Joseph and uh, obviously first name Bo, but yep. Really? How Girardi? Your dad, was, it, was they teammates, your dad and him or something? Yeah, they played together in uh, Colorado. Um, they became really good oh. friends. And, I mean, I think there's stories of me crying at night and Joe taking me out for a ride, getting my mom a break, but uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be darned, man. That is so cool. And Bo Jackson, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad's favorite athlete, so. Uh, okay. He actually sent me a pair of shoes this year, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Hey, that is pretty cool. You know what? That is pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, were you a big tennis? Johnny, were you saying he's a big tennis player? Were you a big tennis player too? Or yeah. Something? Uh, yeah. From what I've been reading up about you, uh, you are a tennis enthusiast. And uh, there was also uh, uh, some talk that if you didn't get into baseball, that you'd want to be a tennis player. You were going to be a tennis player. And you still follow tennis pretty closely. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say my favorite athlete is Rafa Nadal. Um, love watching him compete and Hopefully his not his career is not over too soon. That would be sad. But uh, yeah, yeah no. For me, I, I played growing up. My dad wanted me to play tennis. He didn't want me to play baseball. But when it kind of came down to it, my parents looked at me as like, "Hey, if you want to be the best at something, it was around high school. Um, I think you need to dedicate, you know, your time to one of the two. And I just basically I decided that I didn't want to be at the tennis court running around for five hours, and I'd rather go to the cage. So that's how. <laughs> That's a, well, you could if we we you become big time. Somebody would pick up the balls for you, man. That dude run across the court and grab the ball. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, let me ask you though, when Nadal was your guy, huh? Oh yeah. Okay, oh, be, yeah. before you served, were you like you didn't pick at your butt after before each time you threw the ball up, did you? No, but I have um <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, but if you watch me, if you watch me hit, like I'll do the same thing every time. And I learned a lot of that from him, just like watching, like he would always do the thing with his hair, and I do that with my <laughs> um and I do it on you know unconsciously, obviously, but yeah, I think a lot of that kind of stuff comes from him. Hey, there's something to that. I guarantee if you're doing it, he's doing it. There's something Johnny, we gotta do something for the show. Like was it like <laughs> something we could before each yeah, okay. With the hair, man, where'd the hair go? Is the hair? The hair. I don't, I don't hair. see any hair. Yeah, there, there's right. a, there's so there's so many uh, stories about. I mean, it's kind of like your hair is legend <laughs> out there. <laughs> and uh, was it uh, was it you that said that you used uh, a horse shampoo and conditioner? Or was that? I went through a yeah. I went through a little uh, a little phase where I was. Uh, I went to CVS just because I I never really. I never, I don't take, I still don't take care of my hair. It's just kind of, kind of there. So, uh, but I went through a phase where I went to CBS and I saw horse shampoo and I was like, horses got, they got good hair. So oh. <laughs> it, it was called mane and tail, mane and tail shampoo. Yeah, I was using that a couple of years ago just cause I saw it and, and I happened to give an interview right when I was in the middle of that. But now I just, I don't know. I just kind of use whatever. You must, Hey, did you get like uh five hits the next night? or that night and go oh they're hey great great hitters or something about you know everybody has their superstitions and they're compulsive and things like that if you go out and have a big night and you wash your hair with horse soap or whatever i guarantee you've been using ever since if you're smart yeah you know actually like for me with uh i guess my superstition is not having superstitions so yeah like if i go up there with with uh if i do something before that bat like and i get a hit i'll make sure that i don't do it again really so, yeah because I, uh. I just don't like getting caught up in anything i feel like i need to to do well i just trust in myself you know well here's the deal though you're conscious of what you did to, to, to tell yourself you're not to do it no i know that's my, that's so it my isn't that. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh that is fun and that's awesome you know what you know what okay well we got to get you a contract or help him get a promotion thing for uh, 
endorsement close. right to, with that with that shampoo or, or like go all the way to cvs even bigger man <laughs> yeah it's they got big. cvs in canada i don't know if they have cvs in canada maybe not <laughs> that is oh man <laughs> walgreens um I had a, a quick question. I mean, you're going into 2023, and obviously the Jays have made some moves in the outfield. Uh, there's going to be room for one or two guys to be brought in, free agents. Is there anybody on that list that's kind of a wish list that you'd like to play with? I mean, I can imagine you and Brandon Nimmo on the same team. I mean, with how hard he hustles and plays. Uh, uh, but is there anything at this point uh, uh, that you say, you know, that would be a good guy to get for, uh, you know, to replace uh, one of the two outfielders they just lost? Um, You know, I think uh, we'll take whoever wants to come over and, and help us yeah. win. The passion. Um, yeah, I mean, whoever wants to come over and wants to win a World Series is is um guys that, you know, we would love to have. So, I mean, no one in particular, but I know that there is some – Good guys out there, and if they want to come help us, we'll welcome them. Well, you're you're a guy that also that kind of zoned in. I mean, I was going back looking at the draft when you were drafted in 2016, and you were picked uh, 66 in the second round. And there's a lot of talk about you, you know, wanting to zone in on on the Jays, and you did get drafted by them. And and you know, uh, there was a there was kind of uh, uh, some reports out there that you were like even turning down some offers pre-draft or, you know, not wanting to go to a different team. And were you focused on the Blue Jays at that point when you, when the draft was ready to happen, or uh, was that kind of one of your priority teams that you were hoping to be drafted by? Yeah, I think it was more just, uh, you know, there was obviously with my parents and my brother had gone through the process, you know, you realize yeah. that those, it's not just about getting drafted as high as you can. Like there is legitimately organizations who can help you grow a little bit better and, and teams that can. So, you know, we didn't know much about um, the blue Jays, but we knew that the front office had a good track record of, of, uh, you know, developing talent. And then on top of that, the way that I hit, I saw, you know, Batista and Donaldson and all those guys taking big leg kicks and big swings and, you know, we figured that if that was the case in the big leagues, that they wouldn't mess around with me too much in the minors. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was just it was just kind of just looking at the situation and realize that it could be a good fit. Yeah. Good. Well, now, where were, you gonna, where were you going to go to college? Were you going to go to college? I was uh, Arizona State. Oh, OK. okay. Yep. So actually, if I if I wasn't picked where I was, I was going to go to college. Okay. Where'd your dad go to school? Did he, did he go to college out there? Or? Yeah, Jupiter Community College. Oh, so he, so he oh, so he's a Florida boy then. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that's cool. But hey, we did the right thing. I guarantee. And I, you know what? The Blue Jays did the right thing. I can guarantee you that. I mean, it's obvious. And you know, uh, you got a taste of that postseason. It's kind of tough the way it all ended. You know, this this year. You know, that with that with that final game, but that's baseball. You know, it was like the most perfectly placed ball. You know, you couldn't, it couldn't, it couldn't, you, I couldn't have walked out there, told somebody and dropped it in a better spot in that no man's land, you know? And, uh, but like you said earlier, you guys, you guys have got a taste of it now. You know, you're only going to, you're only going to get better and better. And yet now the key is, the key is for the front office to hold this team together in you know, spend that spend that money, spend that money on you and Vladdy. And you know, I mean, no, that's, just, that's the game. You know, I see that little smirk, man. That's Lock them up. Lock them up. That, that's the fact. We'll get we'll get a we'll get it all started right here. But you know, if add those those pieces that you need, 
uh, and you know, the, of course, Teo, Teo got traded to the Blue Jays when I was over there. And I tell you what, Bo, you, you, Teo had the most, the easiest power I have ever seen in my life. He get, they kept going, you kidding me? And then, you know, he, he struggled, he struggled defensively, but then he worked at it and he got better. He, and, you know, he got much, much better and became really good player. And, uh, you know, obviously, you, you know, the, the Seattle, I mean, it's a good, it's a great pickup for them. And you guys added some bullpen depth. But when you look at it, we were talking earlier, when you like watch Houston play at the end, right, to win it all. When you see that bullpen, man, when you get, you don't want to get into that bullpen. It's like, you talk about some firepower, you know, it's like, so you guys, you guys added some new pieces down there. And I think that that'll help you. You always got to, you know, you always got to work on that stuff. You know, you all, that, that's the one area you got to do every year, you know? Yeah, no, your man, Tao, like everybody talks about Vladdy's power and rightfully so, but Tao's right up there with them and he makes it look easy. Um, you know, I mean, he was huge for us, the big homers in the playoffs and, We'll miss him for sure, but yeah, no, he is uh he's special for sure. Dude, your, your power is right there with him too. Now, you know what the thing about Vladdy, you know, I can remember uh well, you know, I watched his dad play, right? His dad dad go up there swinging everything. Remember, he used to hit them balls and bounced, right? And Vladdy, when he showed up, always had, had a, that great strike zone, but he was a uh he was just a good hitter, you know, like you're a good hitter. You're not just one of those guys that can go up there and, and strike out 250 times and, and you know hit the home runs. I mean, that's kind of the way the game is a little bit now, but that's what separates you guys. But I can remember watching Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. just firing line drives out there, and that's what you do. To take take the knocks the opposite field. That's what the great players do. You know, I mean, you're tough to pitch to. You're tough. That's why you hit your 20-plus home runs and you score 100 runs and you drive in 100. That's what – that's another beef of mine, right? You know, the baseball game world nowadays, they say RBIs don't matter or they're um, – it's – I don't know, you know what the word is, but – my, that's crap. The number one job in this game is to score runs, right? If you're going to win, you got to score runs. You know what? Some guys can drive in runs. Some guys can't. I couldn't do it. I wasn't a very good hitter. And a lot of times it got right here, and then you you worry about things. But some guys, there's something to it. And they say, well, it's a byproduct of these guys getting more opportunities. Yeah, certain guys in the middle lineup get more opportunities to do it. It doesn't make it any easier. But you know what? They slow the game down. They relax. They're confident, you know? Where the the lesser guy he can't do it, you know. So anyway, so when I say a shortstop driving in a hundred runs, you know that's Cal Ripken. You know, I mean that's 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 very few guys can do that, man. You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um. Yeah. I mean, my dad likes to look just how I was raised. Obviously, like when I look at I look at production and and you know how many runs do you score, how many hits do you get, how many extra base hits, you know, like all the. The new school stuff is helpful for sure. Um, but I mean, name of the game is getting runs across the board and, you know, you got to hit to do that. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely on the same page with that. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of big games have won, but been won by just a little cheap knock, little C and I ball up the middle or, or whatever, it is, you know, that it, it's not because I guarantee you nothing good's going to happen when you're dragging that bat back to the dugout. But I will tell you this, too. The guys in the game now, man. I'm every does everybody throw 100 miles an hour? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, I think it. I think it's gone down a little bit since the the ban on the substances. But yeah, no. I mean, if you're facing a good bullpen, you've got. I mean, if the if the starter comes out in the fifth, you've got four guys to to face that are throwing 100. So yeah, it's definitely it's like that. Yeah. Well, you know what? In uh, I I can remember as a kid coming up through. 
if, if there was like one guy on the staff, like you face a guy and he's throwing like 93, 94, maybe 95 mile an hour, you're going, damn, everybody goes, geez, who's this guy, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody else, I think the average was like 89 to 92 or something like that. So that guy really stood out. So now these guys throwing 93, 94 miles an hour, they're, they're like soft tossers. It's like, it's like and, and that ain't easy, man. You got to, you know what? You got it, man. You got to pull that trigger, man. You got, you got it. Guys, hitters nowadays, just athletes in general, you're bigger, stronger, and you're better. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I like your game because you know what? You'll take your hits the other way. You'll do that. You're not up there just, you know, I might even go, if I saw all I did was swing for a home run, I might hit 20 in a, in a season, but you know what? That's not what the game is. Sometimes you're a complete player. And it's um, I'm tipping my hat to you because it's fun to watch. It's good to see because your hey your dad was a line drive hitter if I remember right. He had a lot of line drives. He had a lot of line drive home runs, but he could throw out some line drives. You know. Yeah, he had a little bit more juice than me, but um, yeah, no. But I would say the biggest difference between, I mean, the bullpens now, like a couple years ago when the sticky stuff was at was at the height, you didn't want to get to the bullpen, and back in you know. I would say maybe even like 10 years ago, it was like you want to get the starter out because the best pitchers are the starters. And then, you know, you've got your high leverage guys, but you want to get to the middle of that bullpen. I would say it's going back that way a little bit, but yeah. that, that was the biggest difference that I noticed is you always wanted to get the starter out. And then there was a couple of years there where you did not want to like you, we would have conversation in the dugout, like we're hitting a guy, we're like, hey, don't hit him too good. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to we want to keep him in there oh yeah. that's good hey how about your boy manoa man i love him you know the the big the big bear you know with the uh the, what was he saying about cole and in, in the with the yanks you don't have to comment on it but it's like so i i i anticipate some really good battles i know you already have them with the yankees but they'll probably be really good to, in the near future especially with those two tee up on the same day yeah, he um he's got no fear for sure. I mean, you know, fear plays a huge part in this game, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's got what it takes to be special. He's already already accomplished so much, but yeah, I mean, he's just a a great guy to play behind. Like when when he's on the mound, you know, it's a different it's a different energy. It's you know, but yeah, he's he's special for sure. But you know what he's got? He's got what you got. A lot of the great. He, he, mentally tough right and confident you got and you got that heart in there you know you're not gonna accept defeat you're gonna grind it out you're gonna bust your butt on it you know that's what separates you and that's 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 why you're you're better than most right so anyway but yeah i appreciate yeah i think hold on i think uh i think when what is special about him is like he knows it's not going to be easy even though it looks easy for him he knows that he has to go out there and he has to compete at the highest level he possibly can and and whatever happens happens but i think sometimes we get in trouble thinking it's going to be easy and you know sometimes the game can punch you in the face a little bit but yeah he's oh, yeah competitive bo the game's got a way of humbling everybody man oh, that's yeah. you never, you oh, never yeah. lose that that's why you're out there now it's not even january you're out there working busting your butt doing all your what you you know what got you there you know hey think good thing on alex you know i you know to promote this show and this stuff you know they say you got to get on social media, Instagram and all that crap. Right. So I got I'm on Instagram and, and something came, a couple of pictures came up of Alex, man. He's, I don't know he's in a basketball game or something. I don't know where he's buying his clothes at, man, but I thought, <laughs> but crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, thought, a, he's yeah. like a fashion, is he a fashion monger now too or what? Oh yeah. You know how it is. Every, every flight, every flight, he has something new, wants to look good. So, you know, I appreciate that about him though. 
Yeah. Uh, hey, one last thing, we gotta let you go. Hey, uh, how's old Snide doing, man? He's a he's a good one, you know. And I'm glad they're bringing him back. You guys go way back. Uh, we're gonna try to get him on the show and, and let him pick you guys nitpick you guys apart. See if we can find out any chinks on you guys, you know. But uh, good guy to play for. It always helps, doesn't it? When you it makes it nice when you get a guy that you had in the minor leagues gets to the big leagues with you. Yeah, I mean, he worked he worked hard to get there, you know. Um, we went through with him in the minors, and I know that this was something that was a huge goal of his, you know. It's something that he always dreamed of, and so, you know, happy for him to get the job, and, you know, we'll just look to try and accomplish what we always talked about. So, uh, you know, it should be fun. Well, good, man. Well, Johnny, you got anything else? No, it was a pleasure uh, meeting you and talking to you, and uh, certainly wish you the best for – 2023 and uh we'll be watching i mean you're an incredible ball player and uh thank you for joining us today all righty guys thank you for having me plus we gotta let you go you probably got round two of your working out to do don't you you're going to go two hours you're probably gonna <laughs> hey i tip my hat to you man keep it up pal we're proud of you we love watching you play you you like i said people go to watch you play and uh we appreciate you taking some time to come on the show yeah and no, i appreciate you guys having me all right, good luck. And remember, if you need an agent, I don't know who you got now, but if he ain't doing the job, I, I see because an agent's when you get players like you, agents, it's easy money, man. What do they got to do? They don't have so yeah. if, you, if you don't like this guy, give me a call. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right, Bo. Thanks, right, pal. Thank you, Bo. Well, now it's time for another Ask Gibby segment uh, brought to you by Budweiser. If we select your question here on the podcast, you will receive a gift package from Budweiser because that's what buds do. John, we got a couple of good ones here for you today. Good. You ready for them? Always oh, ready. Hey, did you by any chance know? Do we, are we starting to coordinate our uh, attire now in this show? I think you so. I got a blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, didn't I, I didn't I text you yesterday what I was going to yeah. be wearing and kind of figured people thought they must think I was getting a little sloppy but you know great hey great minds think alike that is true well let's go to the first question this one comes from the Quig family Niagara Falls Ontario hey John and John huge fans of Gibby and the podcast can't wait for that book to come out we have a quick question for Gibby we were wondering if you could have dinner with anyone in baseball living or dead. Who would it be and why? Ooh. That, you know, that's a great question. You know, there, there's so many you wish you could you choose. Gosh, I got to go with the Bambino, man. You know what? You think baseball, he kind of revolutionized baseball. You know, he, uh, he did. Yeah, he was, he, was the, he was the king. You know, he was, he he was, was like a, he was a giant figure in the, in the sport, not only what, what he did on the field, but, you know, in, in stature. Uh, yeah, I got to go with the Bambino, you know, plus I, I think we, I think we, I think we enjoy the same kind of foods. There you go. Hot, like dogs, hot dogs man. and beer he, and all he that He had stuff. 18 hot dogs in one sitting once. So, uh, uh love the babe, <laughs> love everything about Babe Ruth and, uh, the Bambino, nobody like him. And he did change the game. Uh, let's go to the next question here. This is from JP Perron from Corbell, Ontario. Hey, Gibby, you seem so laid back and fun loving. Yet these serious, no-nonsense players like Vernon and Jose come on the show and praise you for motivation and player accountability. What am I missing? Are you a hard-ass behind closed doors a la Jekyll and Hyde? What? Sybil. Don't call me Sybil. <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> That's a good question. You know, you know, it is. Uh, speaking of my mother again, my mother often tells me, well, not often, but she she said, "I don't get it." She says, "You people, I'll I'll think you're nice, calm, relaxed, laid back, doing all that." You go, I know the real you. You're churning inside. You you, you wanna you wanna snap on somebody? Not always. Don't get me wrong. But she's, uh, you know what? I'm not. I don't have a dual personality. I, I you know what? I'm a fun, easy, loving guy. But I grew up in. In, in my life and in athletics and all that. there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. You got to be accountable. You know, I don't demand any more than anybody else. Or I don't demand anything out of these guys, what I wouldn't do myself. Um, and if I got to tell you something more than once or twice, it's probably not my problem, right? It's probably, it's probably not my fault. So that's what gets, gets my dander up, you know? And then, but then I, then I, I snap a little bit sometimes on umpires when, you know, and that's defending these guys who, who, uh, who I admire and, and I appreciate what they're doing for my, me and the, the team and the, the community, you know? So, uh, yeah, and sometimes you just have bad days, you know? Yeah. I mean, but you're, you're totally respected by all the players. They love coming on the show. You've had an enormous amount of uh, wonderful guests here and Hey, listen, everybody has those days, uh, but it was a great question. And they're going to get one of those, <laughs> they can have one of those uh, Budweiser gift packs courtesy of Budweiser. Cause that's what buds do. And if hey, you uh, hey, real quick, so, go ahead. Remember, so remember Joe Charbonneau used to, maybe should I get a bud bottle and like break it off? Yes, and yeah, act- yeah, exactly. People, people Joe probably. Charbonneau, what a, what I hope people listen. Yeah, you think people, everybody listening knows Joe Charbonneau was? He was rookie of the year with Cleveland, wasn't he? But he was. He made yeah, he was. Things yeah, off he of his was, team. He was a character. He was one of those uh, street he was fighter. Those guys still talked about today, and uh, uh, yeah, Joe Charbonneau. Was, so let me get a bud can to chew on, and then that'll bring yeah. out my personality. There you go. We'll do that <laughs> next week, John. And if uh, if you want to ask Gibby a question, have a chance to receive that Budweiser gift package, just send your questions to us at askgibbyshow at gmail.com or the Twitter hashtag AskGibby. That's going to about wrap up another edition post-Thanksgiving show. Uh, now we enter the holiday season. And, John, uh, another another wonderful show here today. Johnny enjoyed that. Let's go get some leftovers, pal. Let's go eat some leftovers. We'll have a little turkey, a little stuffing, a little cranberry sauce. And, uh, uh, hey, you no, got some kind of tradition. You got some kind of Italian tradition where you eat a bunch of fish or something. Or is that a New York tradition? Uh, that's, a, that's a Christmas Eve thing. It's called the Feast of the Seven Fishes. And you have to eat it or else you have bad luck for the following year. So <laughs> I look I'm going to go get some catfish. There you go. Sure that's so we, have, we have octopus and squid. And it's gonna, it was, you know, forget about what we have for Christmas Eve. But anyway, that's not my favorite part of the holiday. It's the giving and, of course, being with your family. Of course, but and you can always go. Great- you can go down to the East River and catch your catch your dinner. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's plenty in there, I'm sure. Let's go about wrap up this edition of the Gibby Show for John Gibbons. My name is John Arezzi. Don't forget to follow John. And it's uh, on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else. He's out there. Uh, that is at John Gibbons 5 And follow me at John Arezzi. Until next week when we talk more baseball with you. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time. See ya.